listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hello and welcome to My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello. In this episode of My Pet Podcast, we're going to talk about a subject that Glenn loves to talk about. About 15 times a day. He does. Yeah. Obesity in pets. We're going to talk about why fat dogs and cats is so bad for your for their health yep. and uh, basically just going to cover how to know if your pet is overweight, how to, what are the um, conditions or the reasons that could be causing them to be overweight and why it is so bad for them. And Glenn loves to, yeah, sort of mention it and harp on about um, obesity a little bit sometimes. So. I don't love to, it's just I have to because <laughs> I'm there to advocate for the pet and That's if the pet's really overweight, it's doing harm and it's up to the bad vet to um, be mean and tell be, us. be mean and tell people that your pet's fat and yep. <laughs> you're most likely the reason for it and put a plan in place to be yes. able to do something about it. Yeah. Yes. So it's a good topic to talk about really because mm. oh, Glenn mentions it all the time. So It's really important because it's basically the main thing that you've got control over once True. you've got your pet that um, dictates its quantity and quality of life and, yeah. and that's how important it is. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Very yeah. good. All right. Well, just remember this is general advice and it may or may not be suited to you and your pets. And if you've got any problems or questions with your pets, please contact your veterinarian. Yep. Okay. So, Glenn, let's start with how do you actually know if your pet's overweight? Overweight? How do you tell? Uh, if you've got to ask about it, it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> true. If your friends say your dog looks good, I mean, it's probably fat because <laughs> they've probably got fat dogs, which is it's just true. Like 80% of my patients um, would be overweight and I think that 30, 40% of them are obese and that's both cats wow. and dogs um, and that's pretty much standard for the um, Australian pet population um, in, yep. in cat and dog numbers. So Do we just like looking at them when they're fatter and cuddlier? No, I mean... We just uh, don't know. It's what we used to, yeah. like as a pet owning population, uh, like it's become normalised yeah. um, and... I mean, a lot of people laugh about it, and I don't really know if they're as entertained by it as what they sort of make out, or if it's sort of a anxious sort of trying, yep. trying to laugh it off um, sort like of thing. Because them, yep. yeah, because I mean, it's a fat dog is far worse than a skinny dog. Like, there's people mm. that are really intent on, um, as they should, reporting people to the RSPCA for you know, not feeding the dog enough and it's yep. really skinny. To be honest, unless the dog's dying of hunger, yeah, like the, the, the skinny yep. dog is probably more healthy than the fat dog down the road. Yep. So, um, I mean, how do you tell if your pet's overweight? I mean, profile-wise, I mean, the weight on the scale doesn't mean anything it's just as an far indicator. as there isn't a, a weight that a pet should be yep. because they're all different or body weights and shapes and size and everything else. So, I mean, essentially, if you're looking at the pet and if you can see the pet as in Sometimes you need to put your hands on them because if they're fluffy, oh, they're fluffy yeah. it's harder to tell, definitely. They should have a waist. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should be wider at the chest, narrow at the waist, and then wider again at the hips. Um, yep. If they're straight through or if they're wider at the waist than anywhere else, yeah. that's a very big problem. Yeah. Um, but you should be able to yeah, have a waist. Um, you should be able to feel, basically. So you're talking waist in a, in our dogs and cats. It's like behind the rib cage. Behind the rib cage yep. and in front of the pelvis. Yep. yep. Um, so if you're looking at them from above or feeling them, yep. um, yeah, you should have a narrowing there. You should be able to feel nearly all their ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, like it should have a 
cover of a little bit of fat and yep. some muscle over the top of it. Um, but you should be able to feel all the ribs and on a short head dog or cat, um, you should be able to see the outline of that rib, so where the chest ends and, mm-hmm. and the abdomen starts. And, and again, the belly should be, you know, yep. smaller than the chest. Yep. So um, that's the main things. Like people um, look at the undercarriage of, of mm-hmm. um, dogs and probably more so cats. Like cats have mm-hmm. got that paunchy thing where they yeah. accumulate fat at the bottom of their um, bottom of their chest and that's you know part of how fat they are um but they you know some pets will certainly um preferentially store fat in yeah. lower portions of their body so, so it's really that big dro- droopy thing between the front legs yeah front legs and back yeah. legs um more so back legs than the cats but it's it's you know it's floppy bits pretty yeah. much but it's really you know what's their waist up to um how yeah. much coverage have they got you know on their spine on their back uh-huh. because you know the odd pet um will be fat as in will have plenty of stored adipose tissue, fatty tissue, but they'll actually have not much muscle. Um, yep. And there's a couple of you know, conditions that, that that's the case. So you can still have a fat dog with not much muscle mass, but they're not very common. I mean, essentially, it's if your dog hasn't got a waist um, and looks like a card table, it's <laughs> that. Yep. Yeah. And, so, and there's levels within that. Yeah, I mean, vets use a scoring system to determine that, yeah, don't they? Zero, yeah, zero to nine, five being um, ideal body oh, yeah. weight, yep. um, one being just about to die of starvation, yep. um, and nine being just about to die of being overweight and, yep. and can barely function. Um, realistically, most of the pets that I see are six, sevens, and eights. Yep. Yep. I know I'm guilty of it. I've had. Well, I think he's getting back into the normal realm now. He's sort of six and a half <laughs> or thereabouts, probably. Yeah, yeah see, that's yeah. pretty good for me. And <laughs> um, but yeah, it's and it's. I mean, it's it's not an arbitrary scale, and, and you can download all sorts of you know condition scoring charts, and, yeah. and most of them go with the um, zero to nine and, and five being ideal, and yep. fives that you, know, you can see waste, but there's still got a bit of cover there. Yeah, um, and, and that's what we should be aiming for. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, that's right, and we'll explain why we yep. should be aiming for that. And and it's not just. As an adult either. I mean, to mm-hmm. me, it's, you know, puppyhood or kittenhood is, is equally important. Yep. Um, there's no such thing as a fat, roly-poly, healthy puppy because yep. a fat puppy's not healthy um, yep. because you're maximising the likelihood of um, degenerative joint disease and, and uh-huh. um, the maximum expression of genetically heritable joint troubles in puppies by yep. having them overweight. So the same thing should apply. I mean, they should have a waist. You should be able mm-hmm. to feel most of the ribs you should be able to see the back couple of ribs um outlined basically yep. you know right through um puppyhood from you know six eight weeks of age yep. onwards um and particularly that sort of four months through to eight months is the is the most critical growth um, phase for their growing. skeletons yeah. um and yeah if you've got an overweight puppy in that time i mean you could be maximizing your chances of health problems yep. and, and joint problems for the rest of his life yeah yeah which is, sounds harsh but i mean it's, it's the truth and you only get one crack at growing a puppy or That's growing true, a kitten yeah. um and once they're formed, you've got what you've got. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the time to just keep it in mind. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, there's there are a number of reasons that a pet could be overweight, but ninety percent of the time, I guess, it comes back to the what's going in their mouth. I'd say ninety six percent of the 96, time. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a few, but not many health conditions that make a pet more prone to put on weight, other yep. than the food that's going in. Gob, which is mostly what you feed it, um, yeah. and sometimes what it self-selects and can find yeah. in its environment. And there's plenty of dogs that find uh, additional food in their environment, yeah. um, and and can be a um, sometimes considerable you know, input into their yeah. calorie intake. Um, but it, you know, most of the problem is what goes in the food yeah. bowl. Yeah. So that can be 
As basic as – and it is the most common thing, I guess, overfeeding them. Yeah, absolutely. Giving them too much, yep. more than they need. Yep. And, look, there's very few dogs can self-regulate um, food intake. As yeah. in, I mean, I, I still have people that open up a 20-kilo bag of food and it's just there all the time, um, and that's really bad 99.9% of the time. Um, so my dog would just eat the whole yeah, 20 kilos. and that's what most dogs do. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they're just full all the time, yeah. and if you're full all the time, you're going to get fat. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, there's a few dogs that can self-regulate um, and, you know, or have a – you know, a pile of biscuits there that's yep. all the time and they still get their, you know, wet food meal classically or something that's probably yep. more palatable than the dry food so the dry food doesn't disappear as fast as the wet food meal that gets eaten as a meal. Um, but you're still going to have an overweight dog most likely because they're still going to be overfed because they're never empty. I find that with cats though that you can just leave biscuits sitting there and they sort of just pick at their biscuits. But <laughs> Well, they do, but most cats end up overweight when you feed yeah. them that way as well. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's, and there's other ways you know, around that to, to um, still be able to have a cat that you can live with that isn't screaming at you all the time yeah. that the food bowl is empty um <laughs> but a lot of that's you know making it harder for them to eat yep. finding um ways to not just feed them out of a, a bowl of oh. biscuits sort of thing make them work for their food a little bit yep. more and there's heaps of different um avenues you can go down with that which we probably should do as a, another podcast mm. i reckon yeah, yeah something like yeah. cats and keeping them happy yeah um so of course overfeeding them so you're feeding them too much makes them fat yep uh, the wrong food. So feeding them the wrong stuff can yeah, make them look, fat. Yeah, look, I mean, the the more energy dense it is, the easier it is to mm-hmm. take in uh, an excess nutrient um, load, certainly. I mean, there's... Um, lots of right ways to feed dogs there's yep. lots of wrong ways to feed dogs and cats um but the more you know nutrient densities i mean okay if you you know if you're feeding a large amount of you know fatty meat mm-hmm. um you know fat is high in energy um yep. so that's an easy way to to get plenty of calories on yep. board um that being said i mean highly processed carbohydrates um in the diet in the form of you know most dry foods you know mm-hmm. are designed to be palatable there's no dog food company makes unpalatable yeah. food um and that's a not in their business <laughs> imperative to make it unpalatable because um then they don't sell it and because right, no one wants most to eat people it. get distressed when they put some food down the dog doesn't eat it within yep. five seconds um so you know it's you know, palatability is usually um high on the list of yep. um you know food chemistry for for dog foods they, they you want it to be palatable because um that's the way you sell yeah. food um, part of that palatability is you know, maximising the potential intake of that mm-hmm. food um, and maximising the digestibility of that food so it's probably easier to get them overweight. Yeah. yeah. So obviously treats and scraps or too much of treats and scraps can make them Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I mean, you know, I've, you know, I'm a big advocate of, of treating dogs for, you know, as part of mm. training and doing the right thing and getting in their crate and, you know, as yep. part of obedience training and, um, I mean, dental um, bits and pieces, yeah. whether that's dental treats or, you know, raw meaty bones, that sort of thing. I mean, everything that they eat is obviously part of their diet. I yep. mean, if you've got a 20 kilo cattle dog and he's eating two cups of dry food a day and you're giving him, you know, a packet yep. of smackos, yep. okay, that packet of smackos comes into play as yes. far as, you know, the energy um, uh, amount that course, he's getting. Yeah. Um, if he's getting two cups of dry food and you're giving him you know, half a strip of smacko or you know, two strips of smacko yeah. a day, I mean, it's, it's bugger all it's in, in the scheme of his, yeah. of his diet. Um, if you've got 
um, birds that you're feeding at home yeah. and um, the dogs are out eating the bird the seed. Birds I mean, eat, yeah. I've got clients that um, feed lorikeets lots of, you yeah. know, bread and all that sort of thing and the bread ends up on the ground yeah. and they look, if there's food there, the dogs can get it. That's right. Um, you know, horse food. Got horse food, oh. cow food, sheep yeah. food, you know, anything that's a, 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 a pelletised food or, you know, seed or, you know, dogs yeah. eat all sorts of crap. Yep, they will um, eat it. If, anyway. <laughs> if they've got access to it, they'll, yeah. they'll get it. But if there's a consistently available food uh-huh. source like, you know, chook food and all that sort of thing and, and there's a discussion we had about potential, you know, if you've got chicken raising mashes or there's yeah. you know, toxins involved in that. But, I mean, all of it's just, you know, there's just extra food available. Yep. You know, young kids love dropping um, their <laughs> biscuits or food yeah. or whatever sure and, right. and, and can be a food source um, yep. and, you know, mothers-in-law and grandparents <laughs> seem to be notorious for overfeeding <laughs> dogs. Um so, Mums, when they clean out the lunchbox, they'll give the scraps yeah, to the dog. So, I mean, it's all, it's all got to be taken into account. And, and that's, I mean, a constant discussion that I have with, yep. you know, if you live with parents or you know, other family Kids. members that can't control themselves and are yep. feeding dog tidbits and stuff. And, look, it's all relative. Like, if you've got a little five-kilo chihuahua yeah. and they're having a biscuit with grandpa for, yeah. for morning tea every day, that five-kilo chihuahua, if it has half a biscuit, that's the same as me eating a packet of biscuits. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I try and sort of bring it back to, you know, to relative things. Okay, so I'll tell you a little bit of cheese. Well, you know, if you've got a three-kilo Jack Russell yep. that's eating, you know, a little bit of cheese, it's the same as me eating a block of cheese. It's, yeah. it's going to add up. Yeah, of um, course. And, you know, when you're training, when you're treating dogs, I mean, they don't enjoy it. They enjoy it as in they inhale it most yeah. of the time. They're not getting any more positive reinforcement out of half a packet of biscuits as they are with just a tiny little chunk. Yeah. Um, it still disappears in two seconds yeah. um, and they're looking for more. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you are using training treats and, and you know, treating through positive reinforcements, just think about the portion size, particularly yep. for little dogs because, yep. I mean, bigger dogs, obviously, you know, it, it's yeah, less it important. Um, but, yeah, I see, see, you know, so many little dogs that get, you know, get their food and, and get other stuff and, and it's the other stuff that adds up to a significant portion yep. of their diet. Yeah. Yep. Um, of course, if they've got reduced ex- exercise or reduced activity due to, you know, age or the fact that nobody's taken them for a walk or a run anymore or yep. playing with them, that, of course, can, you know, it's not burning off the energy. So yeah, they put on some weight. There, there is an energy in, in G out um, uh, sort of calculation there. It's not 100%. Yep. Um, I mean, there's certainly, look, on average, the older a dog gets, I sort of go by the 10% rule. I mean, each yep. year they probably do about 10% less activity. Yep. I mean, you've got your seven, eight-year-old dogs and they're still running around and they're, you know, really energetic. If you think about what they used to do five years ago, are they as yep. Active as they used to be, um, and it's a compounding uh, interest sort of problem where you know if they're running around like lunatics when they're two and they're the right weight, and then they put on a little bit of weight, yeah, put on a little bit of weight, and then they're five and they're you know, reasonably overweight, and then they're eight and they're really really overweight. Yeah. The heavier they are, the faster they wear out. The earlier they get arthritis, the more uncomfortable they are, the less the exercise less they do, <laughs> um, and you just get used to. And a lot of people get used to putting the same amount of food in the bowl. Yeah. So I mean, they've been feeding the same amount essentially yep. of maybe the same food, maybe it's a different yep. food, you know, for the last five years or it gets two yep. two two cups. Yeah. Um does 50% less activity now than we did yep. five years ago, but you're still feeding the same amount. So, so usually, you know, the simple equation is um, unless you've got a specific health problem, which we'll mm-hmm. go through, um, they just need less food. Yep. Yeah. Um, and reducing that food intake over time, um, you've got a better chance of keeping it the right weight. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Of course, some breeds are more prone to becoming. They are. I mean, overweight. some some breeds are more sedentary in yep. general. You know, little lap dogs. Labradors. Um, <laughs> you know, Labradors you know, like their food a lot. Yes. I mean, there's no, there's, I'm, I'm Have yet, you ever I'm, met a skinny lab? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's not as common because you know they're very. All dogs are very good people trainers. Yes. Um, they bat their little brown eyes at you and, and so true. I'm really hungry and I get yep. some food. They're going to repeat that behavior the next time. Yep. You know, he's always hungry when we're at the table and he's just <laughs> asking for food. Well, if you're giving food at the table, he's going to ask for it next time. Um, and if someone doesn't give them food, well, dogs soon give up on asking that person. They're going to yep. go to grandma so the next and, one. <laughs> and, and, and bat their eyelids there until they get some. So, um, yeah, no, it, it's definitely a big um, a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the medical conditions that can actually uh, cause a dog to become overweight or factor into that obesity scale. Yeah. So we've got things like hypothyroidism. So yeah, hypo- hypothyroid, low thyroid function, yeah. um, slowing the metabolism. Um, it's primarily a dog problem. There's yeah. extremely low likelihood that a cat's going to be hypothyroid. Yeah. By far more likely they're going to be hyper thyroid yep. in cat world um which is the opposite problem skinny skinny yep. cats um but yeah i mean there's a little bit of a breed predisposition labs can have labs and golden retrievers seem to be a bit prone to um hypothyroidism they're also prone to loving food and getting fed too yep. much um <laughs> but you know part of a blood workup panel like if you've been you know reducing food reducing food and then nothing's working sort of thing yep. i mean 95 percent of the time you're still not feeding little enough yep. um but there's nothing wrong with you know doing a health assessment at yep. your vet um making sure that there's no sign of any physical problems and um doing some blood work just to check those yep. parameters and, and hypothyroidism um yeah it can happen and it's a um you know treatable disease through through yep. thyroid um, medication, medication, so to um, boost up their thyroid function, and that yep. means their metabolism um, speeds up a little bit, and, yep. and, and organ systems work properly. It's not just that it makes them fat; they've, they've got you know organ dysfunction problems, yep. and, and it's certainly a considerable health problem. It's just not very common. Yep. Yeah. Cushing's disease can make them a bit bulky. Yeah, Cushing's disease um, again, chicken and egg. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Little white. Fluffy fat dogs um, seem to be more prone to developing Cushing's. Yep. Is that because they have had sedentary lifestyles and have beaten their adrenal glands to pieces um, yep. uh, over time and made them more likely to get um, Cushing's disease, which is where their body's um, overproducing its own cortisone? Yep. Um, and cortisone definitely makes the body uh, more likely to maintain that basically yep. maintain um, energy reserves and it also increases the appetite which is counterproductive because yep. um, they want to eat more but even for the same amount of food intake they, they tend to get fatter as yep. well um, so yeah so Cushing's is certainly part of um, one of the disease processes that makes it more difficult to lose weight and more inclined to put on the weight in the yep. first place um, and it's a you know it's not an uncommon disease certainly yep. um, but I mean again a lot of those pets have been very overweight or obese before they develop Cushing. Yeah. So, you know, is it part of the metabolic dysfunction of, of what's going on? I mean, they, um, a Cushing's dog always end up with liver disease. Yep. You know, liver disease is one of the other health issues yep. that we see with overweight dogs. Yep. Um, and if the liver's not working properly, um, it, it affects metabolism and the body's um, ability to, you know, to um, work properly and yep. function properly. So does it make them more prone to being overweight initially? Probably if the liver goes into failure, well, you gave the opposite problem but um but it's you know part of that metabolic syndrome certainly yep um we certainly see that age can play a part in 
for dogs becoming more overweight, and that's kind of a combination because of a lot of reasons as they get older. Yeah, it's, it's, so. not, it's not because they're older. No. Um, it's because they're it's more because likely. because their lifestyle changes as they yeah, get older. Yeah, more likely to have underlying conditions like yeah. arthritis, um, which, again, is more likely to happen the more <laughs> overweight they are. Um, they're all into It's a bit of a compounding thing. But, yeah, I mean, on average, you know, a 10-year-old dog isn't going to do as much as it did when it was two years old, yeah. um, and that's both um, because they're, you know, more settled in their environment and, and less likely to jump up and yep. bark at the cars as they go past or whatever, yep. and there's plenty of 10-year-old dogs that do that. Um, but on average, they tend to do a bit less. And then as they you know, get even older, okay, you start going deaf because your hearing's going because you're um, you know, getting old, yep. um, and that's a non-specific age-related problem. Well, if you don't hear as much, if you don't hear the postie, if you don't hear yeah. the cars going past, you well, you up. just sleep a lot more soundly yep. so you don't get up as much. And if you do hear it, well, my leg hurts a bit so I could always be bothered getting <laughs> up. Um, and I'm overweight as well, so it's more effort to get yeah. up, so I'm just going to stay here. Yep. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's not specifically age-related, but all those things are more common the older they get. Yep. Yeah. Um, de-sexed pets are also a bit more likely to be a little bit more yep. chubby. Yep. And that's due to hormone relations. Yeah, hormone and, and just general metabolism, basically. Yep. So, I mean, it does. Sex hormones, are, you know, they've got a function in the body and, and yep. de-sexing um, dogs certainly you know, stops them procreating and, yep. and um, changes some of their behavioural um, predispositions to, you know, time dogs fighting and all that sort yep. of thing. Well, you know, some of the positive effects of, of de-sexing. Um, but there's some negatives that go along with it as well as yep. far as, yeah, it, it does slow their metabolism. And, and I usually say... Um, if you dissect your dog, you'll save money in the long run because your dog will be ten percent cheaper to feed um, <laughs> on average. Because you know, if you drop their ovaries or testicles out, um, you probably need to feed, give them ten percent less food than what you otherwise would if they were entire. Yep. And that's not because they're you know actually breeding. That's just because of the metabolic effect of of um, male and female sex hormones. So yeah, you just got to take into account. But at the end of the day, it's it's not an issue on its own. It's only an issue if you feed them too much. Yep. Yep. So I think that sort of covers the reasons why our pets yeah. could be. It's mostly because they're eating too much food. Yeah, basically you could sum it all down to that. Yeah, <laughs> but if in doubt, get your vet, check them out. Yeah, you know, get a plan on. Okay, what the hell are you can do about it? Yeah, because you know, notoriously, it is difficult, um, yep. and it's difficult because um, it's changing people's behaviour. Yeah, essentially, it's not changing the dog's, the dog's behaviour; behavior, it's yeah. changing people's behaviour. Um, and hey, and there's all like sorts of. Yeah, look, there's, there's emotional blackmail in there. There's, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I hurting my pet? I love yeah. my pet and he, and he doesn't like eating less food. Yes. Look, most pets you can feed them five times a day and they will still eat it. Yeah. Um, and if you feed them 20%, um, they're still going to eat it yep. and they're still going to say they're hungry. You can feed them twice as much and they're still going to say they're hungry. So yep. it's not True. that you're starving them to death because if they're not losing weight for two years and I've been feeding them the same amount, well, they're not starving to death anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, there's an amount that is the right amount to feed them and it's likely less than what they're getting. Yeah. How much less? I mean, some people say, right, we're going to feed him 50% less. Well, that's A, probably not going to happen. Yeah. B, it's not going to be sustainable and, and it's you know, too much of a change, change. from what we've got. Yeah. You know, across the board, I tend to recommend you know, if you've got a pet that you're – measuring the food and, and half mm. of the problem a lot of the time is you're not actually measuring the food like they're just getting some or like okay, yep. use on dry food okay. take the bag out into the thing yeah. well bag out or just like just some in the bowl yep. and, and again multiple family members well <laughs> you know, when you're all in the same spot um, for the annual vet checkup um, okay who, who's responsible for feeding okay yep. yeah, three of us are okay how much are you feeding well what's he getting he's getting a cup oh no he's getting a cup and a half oh no he's getting two cups yep. so you know and um, there's okay how much are they actually getting yep. and um that's as a starting point because if we're actually measuring at the start, 
We yep. know how much we're getting. Okay, well, we can say, I usually say 20% less. Yep. Do that for two to three months. Weigh them in two to three months' time what's happened. Yep. If you don't know how much you're feeding, if you just handfuls in a bowl or if we're just putting, you know, he gets a half a bowl. Okay, yep. well, how much is half a bowl? You know, how big's the bowl? Is that the put, us, put aside <laughs> a measuring receptacle yep. of some sort, preferably smaller because a, a big scoop like a big margarine container or the bigger mm. the scoop is, the less um, uh, accurate you can do yeah. portions of it essentially yeah. um so like a measuring cup or a, just a standardized coffee cup coffee or just cup, something yeah. like just say, okay this is what we're using put the amount of food that you're used to feeding in the bowl by whatever means you normally do whether it's handful or just you know, pour it in there do that five times and measure five times how yep. much you've actually put in there and yep. okay we are feeding two and a half cups if you're feeding two and a half cups okay we're going to feed two cups for the yep. next two months book him in Bring them in, weigh your vet. There's very, very few vets will charge you to come in and use their scales. Yep. Um, put an appointment in the system so you get a text message in two months' time um, that you're going to weigh them um, and you'll get your automatic text message that most vets are running with now yep. a week before your appointment. That's just a reminder to go and weigh your pet. Yep. Um, if you've got a little dog, yeah, pick him up and put yourself on the bathroom scales yep. with the dog and without the dog and the cat. Um, I mean, Accuracy-wise for yep. a weight loss, you know, if you've got a four-kilo dog that um, should be a three-kilo dog, yep. are you going to have an accurate enough weight it's on true. your bathroom scales to, to say after two months? Because you're looking at a you know 250-gram yeah. weight loss maybe. So is your, are your bathroom scales going to be accurate enough to, to check that? Yep. Um, I'd probably still recommend taking them to the vet. Yep. Yeah. So with all of that said about how – well, why they're overweight <laughs> – we need to talk about the more serious side of the overweight dog and cats. It really, really does affect so many different aspects of their health. Yeah. It's like comes up constantly. Yeah. And even, I mean, you would every time you examine a dog and you say it's got this wrong with it, could be because they're overweight. Yeah. It's always in your discussion, yeah. isn't it? So there's lots and lots of things that um, can really reduce their quality of life yeah. because they're overweight. Yeah. So, quality and quantity. Yeah. Yeah. So things like their... Um, their intolerance, they become more intolerant to exercise yep. and um, activity and yep. decreased stamina. That happens when they get – the bigger they get, Yep, the less they want to do. It's just hard work for yep. a start. Um, nothing works as well. I mean, there's lots and lots of um, popular breeds these days. You short-nosed brachiocephalic yeah. breeds, um, which have got, you know, um, short noses, which are really cute, um, but it buggers up their airways. Yeah. Um, and airways are the only way they've got to cool down. Yep. So, I mean, A, just getting enough oxygen in to exist – can yep. be a problem, and that goes with any dog. But but you you know short face breeds are, are worse, and, and you know cats exercise wise, um, I mean they don't do a lot a lot of the yeah. time. Um, and that's harder to exercise a cat. I guess. It is, but that's, you know there's laser pointers and there's little yeah. feathers on a string toy and all those sort of things. Um, so you can you can you know, train them to do some more yep. incidental exercise, um, but. The level of activity is, you know, often decreased just because they're overweight. Yeah, it's um, just harder and, to and, do. It. And again, it's a vicious cycle. Yep. And then, um, you know, arthritis, a dog's joints, a cat's joints yep. wear out a lot faster than they should when they're overweight. Yeah. If they've been overweight for a considerable portion of their life, I mean, they're prime candidates for cruciate ligament damage. If they've yep. got pre-existing mild hip dysplasia or elbow dysplasia, it's guaranteed it's going to be worse if they've been fat for a 
a significant yeah. portion of their life. Um, cats, we see, they definitely get arthritis. It's sometimes less, um, you know, visible and lamenesses can be a little bit more insidious, but they, you know, are more reluctant to jump up on furniture and, and, yeah. and they're getting old. Um, but they're not just getting old, they're just getting sore because their joints are buggered because they're right. like, what? Um, so it, it can be a vicious cycle. And, and yep. yes, they, their exercise tolerance is less. And, yep. and that's a hard thing because, okay, they, will they burn off more energy by doing more exercise? And as part mm. of the weight loss schedule, yep. potentially, I rarely advocate, you know, forced exercise, doing more than what the pet's already doing. Yep. Um, simply because they know their limit. Well, they know their limit, but their joints are already half-stuffed yeah. most of the time. And, and I don't want to say, right, we're going to drag behind a push bike for 10Ks um, and try and lose some weight yeah. um, and focus on the exercise portion rather than the food portion. Yep. Um, and they're both important, but, I mean, I would prefer an increase in incidental exercise yep. offering movement to the pet, um, whether that's, you know, toy-based or yep. just, you know, walk around the yard more or, yeah, yeah go for a gentle walk um, yeah. down the street, but you know, forcing them to exercise, thinking it's going to make them lose weight, you're probably yeah. more likely to just accelerate joint damage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's definitely um, obesity affects their you know exercise quantity, yeah. <laughs> um, heat tolerance. They become they like the heat less because they're carrying more weight on their yeah. bodies and more prone for you know, o- overheating and, and the terrible fatal consequences yeah. of that. Certainly, yeah. Um, again, affects the respiratory system. The same sort of thing. There's just too much weight going on and it yep. makes it harder for them to breathe. Hard to breathe and, and, you know, in that restrictive airway syndrome, I mean, yep. we see increase in, you know, it, it, it affects the heart. You can get increased heart failure from, you know, uh, restricted inspiratory. So yep. it's, if it's hard to breathe in um, and they're making noise when they're snoring, when they're breathing yep. in, it's accelerating the um, damage to their heart essentially. Yep. yep. Um, it also – oh affects their immune system and actually de- can decrease their immune system yeah, absolutely. by being overweight. They, um, the, yeah, the immune system, you know, it's rely on everything being optimal and, and if they're overweight significantly, um, they're, nothing's going to work as well as it should be and they're more prone to infection and all that sort yep. of thing. And then the whole cortisone pathway, Cushing's mm-hmm. disease comes into it and that certainly, you know, suppresses their immune system. Um, are they more prone to, you know, other metabolic diseases? Yes. And and if, you know, the, nothing's working properly, obviously your immune system's going to be impaired as well. Yep. Yeah. Heart disease is a big one that is affected by obesity. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's just more work for the yep. heart to do. It doesn't specifically cause like heart valve damage. I mean, if the fatty tissue hasn't got that much extra blood supply, probably yep. it's not a very vascular tissue. But yeah, if you're a forty kilo dog instead of a thirty it's, kilo dog, everything's just doing a lot more work right. than it should be. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hypertension, so high blood pressure, yep. again related to the heart. It's just- it can be, and, and cats probably more so than dogs. Yep. Um, with the hypertension side of things, it, it can certainly be a problem. Skin problems. Interestingly enough, overweight dogs are more prone to skin problems. They are. I mean, sometimes that's because things rub together more than they should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. Um, I mean, no thigh gap. <laughs> no thigh gap. I mean, female dogs, certainly um, skin troubles, dash, like urinary tract troubles, like yep. um, overweight dogs and particularly dogs that were, you know, dissexed before sexual maturity, the, um, the vulval hood, so the sort of flap of skin or fold of skin that, yep. that hangs over the vulva um you know fat dogs that's just a lot bigger um and yep. and 
some dogs, you know, it's difficult to see they've got a vulva at all. Yep. Um, it's there. It's just yep. covered up by all this skin, and, skin. and there's more uh, likely to get low-grade urinary tract infections yep. and ascending urinary tract infections. Um, so that's, you know, a considerable problem with, yep. with overweight pets. Um, and, yeah, just not specifically the immune system side yep. of things. Uh, it's a problem. And, and, you know, the fatter and wrinklier their necks are, they're more likely to get, you know, moist dermatitis yeah. and that sort of thing uh, underneath yep. the skin folds and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's a compounding problem. Yep. Um, of course, joint and arthritis is one of the biggest issues that diabolical. Yeah, yep. from being overweight. Yep. I mean, it's they like go hand in hand, don't yeah. they? And, and and like it's just general wear and tear. But yep. there's the specific. I mean, cruciates. I diagnose yep. three or four cruciate ligament injuries a week. Yeah. Um, and most of those dogs have been overweight. Yep. Like I see very few pets that damage their cruciates that haven't been significantly overweight yep. for a significant portion of their life. Um, yep. There's a small subset that's you know genetically confirmationally prone yep. and blow out their knees when they're 18 months old. A lot of them still being fat since yep. they were six months old as well. See, because yeah. they're carrying away, are carrying around more weight than their body had intended for yeah, them absolutely so and, it's, and it's, more and it's not just the single time that something happened no. it's the five thousand times that they did it before that exactly. and i mean i see lots of young pets that are very active um they're overweight and they're very active and the owner has included on to the fact that they're overweight and, and he, yeah. oh, he still runs around lots and still exercises, and he does and that's great but everything's wearing out faster than it should more be stress yeah. on that body yeah uh, diabetes is another thing that comes with weight. Yep, um, cats and dogs um, yep. certainly prone to diabetes. A couple of different mechanisms within or between cats and dogs, but essentially, you know, most of the cats we see with diabetes um, have been overweight, overweight for a substantial portion of their life, as, as have the dogs. Yeah, cats yep. you can turn their diet around and yep. and get them into weight loss mode, and a lot of them you can get to regress yep. um, and actually fix their diabetes by um, you know putting them on a more um, species appropriate yep. higher protein diet than probably the um, wet or dry food commercial okay. diet they've been on that's probably contributed to causing the diabetes. Yep. Um, but dogs, um, once they've got it, they've got it. They're insulin dependent probably yep. twice a day for the rest of their life. Yeah, yeah. much fun. Um, liver disease and well, liver dysfunction yep. definitely yeah, associated with Hepatic lipidosis, sort of yep. fatty liver disease and a couple of breeds like your schnauzers are more prone to it. Um, and again, it's a complicated beast as far as the, you know, the Cushing's pathway and obesity and, and, yep. and predisposition to diabetes. But, but yeah, if you very, very, very overweight, your liver's going to have fatty liver disease yep. and it's not working as well as it should be. Yeah. Yep. Um, you actually have, they have an increased risk of cancer. Um, they can, um, yep. and is that because they've got more tissue? Yeah, potentially. But again, it's the whole immune system thing yep. and, and everything else that goes along with it. I mean, lipomas, which are benign fatty, fatty cysts, are really common in, in medium to large breed dogs. Yeah. Um, but the bigger and fatter they are, meaning the more fat they've got floating around their bloodstream, the faster those fatty tumours are going to grow, certainly. Um, And they don't go away. Like if I've got a significantly overweight pet with lipomas um, and you get them over 6, 12 months to lose weight and get back to normal, the the lumps don't disappear. They get a bit smaller or or their growth rate slows because there's just not as much fat available to to grow. Um, But it doesn't make them go away. But I've seen them shrink 20 30% with significant weight loss. Yeah. Yep. And I guess another big thing for you as a vet, is there an increased anaesthetic risk? Um, yeah, certainly increased risk non-specifically just because yep. of, of ill health and we do lots of you know, pre-anaesthetic blood tests and those uh-huh. things to diagnose underlying liver dysfunction and yep. kidney dysfunction, that sort of thing. I mean, it's just more weight 
for the chest to expand um, so there's you know more load on the system um, and it's more so the, the peri um, anaesthetic period so as they're being inducted or going under yep. and, and more so when they're waking up I mean the more fatty tissue they've got at the back of the throat the more likely they are to, to get like obstructive yep. airway problems and, and again your you know, short face breeds are more prone to yep. those sort of troubles um, but the, the, you know, the, the worse airways you've got, certainly the, the greater the risk of complications, yep. yeah, which we can you know, mitigate through good care. veterinary procedures you know, yep. most of the time. But it's still, you know, I'd much rather anaesthetise a normal weight dog than an obese dog. Yep. Anything else you can think of that contributes? Oh, look, it's just, such, it's just the whole dog doesn't work as well as it should. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's at, at the end of the day, there's just so many different issues and so many different problems, most of which we discussed, but, you know, a fat dog's not a healthy dog. Um, yep. And it, just because it wags its tail doesn't mean that it's not having discomfort or mm-hmm. will have discomfort in the future because of um, the, the weight that it's yep. at. So, I mean... It's a really important discussion, as I said at the start. Like it's it's single handedly the the most um, important thing that you've got control over yeah. that affects the quality and quantity of your pet's life. Yeah, yeah. And, is- and it sounds harsh, but like I mean, I see pets that I just up front tell people, look, in my opinion, on average, your pet's going to die three years earlier yeah. um, and get chronic disease four or five years earlier than it should. Yeah, um, because of its weight. Because of its weight. Yeah, and and that's I mean, sounds harsh, but. It, it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, um, vets are the ones that are dealing with those problems all the time and, and it becomes a problem. And I don't know how many pets I've got that, you know, the owners, you know, love the pet and, and they're doing the best thing by the pet, um, in their eyes as far as, you know, dog gets arthritis when it's five. Right. We're going to put it on joint supplements, yep. on official supplements, on the Zydex injections to improve the blood supply of the cartilage. We've got it on anti inflammatories. When they don't work enough, it's on gabapentin to yep. help, you know, it, be as comfortable as possible, but it's still 15 kilos overweight yep. and it's the same 15 kilos it was yep. overweight when we were having the same discussion five years earlier and um, and we're doing, you know, all the medications and all yep. the things to help the joints out. But if we just bloody lost 15 kilos over the next, you know, year, yep. that dog would probably be just as happy 15 kilos lighter with no medication at all than it is with all the medications that we're throwing at it. And I get it. It's really hard. Oh, it like is. I'm, yeah, yeah. as Glenn said, Bo's a little bit overweight. He's not bad. He's like he lost a lot. He was a really obese dog when we got him. It's fine. So he's lost a bit of weight. But I get it. It's really hard. Yeah. I'm, and I don't know why we have this mentality that it is really hard and like you feel cruel putting them on a diet and cutting the treats out. Yeah. And then, look, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's anthrop. Permorphization of pets to a certain extent, and, and yes. I mean, no, I no person wants to feel hungry, and no pe- person no. wants to feel bad because the pet thinks less of them because they're yes. starving or something. But, but at the end of the day, they I mean, they look at you the same whether you feeding them. To, if you feed them twenty percent less, there's very few dogs that behave any differently. Yeah. They're still True. hungry all the bloody time. Yeah. yeah, and there's you know the ten percent of dogs that aren't food orientated, and you can feed them twice as much food as you're feeding them, and they're just going to leave it. Yeah, there's not many of those. I've never had um, one. And of them. there's not many cats that won't scream when the food bowl's empty. Yeah. Um, and then you fill it up, and and there's they eat two biscuits and walk off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you know the the end message is you know, if your pet's overweight, it's doing it harm, and there's definitely things you can yep. do about it. Um, yes, get you know some diagnostics done to make sure there's not a yep. an underlying physiological jewel reason for them to be that way in the first place yep. but you know 98 percent of the time um it's food and it's quantity yep. of food i mean there's different food choices um yep. that may make weight loss um easier yep. um and 
um, you know, behavioural changes as well as yep. far as, okay, you know, what can we do to make them work a bit harder for their food? Yep. Is there greater um, satiation or do they feel full more by working harder for their food? Can we get them to slow down their food intake? Yep. Um, can we change to a food that's um, less easy to digest and less easy to um, absorb as quickly so they're not hungry two hours later? Um, so, there's, yeah, there's lots of different discussions in that yep. um, to be had, you know, with your vet and it's probably a, an, another podcast yeah. um, topic is okay to if i want yeah. to feed my dog you know how long's a piece of string what's the best way yeah. to feed a dog so many different True. answers but i mean most of the time for an overweight dog it's just less yeah yeah so basically guys what we're saying is if you can't see your dog's weight waste if you can't feel their ribs they're probably overweight yep. stop feeding them so much <laughs> get them checked by a vet yeah <laughs> and chances are you'll make their life better and longer by keeping the weight off them. And it's really just get a plan. For, for yep. me, it's get a plan. Just, okay, measuring is really important um, because it's a key unless, track unless you're measuring, this you don't know what's going on. Yep. Yep. And controlling the things you can control. And yep. if there's, you know, kids and parents and next-door neighbours and all sorts of complicating yep. factors where they're getting food from, I mean, some of those things you can control and some of those things you can't. Yep. And if they're getting excess nutrients from a source that you can't control – Again, the only thing you can control <laughs> over is what goes in the food bowl. Yep. So that might mean feeding them less. Because um, and, and mum's giving them more. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yep. it's less. But it's, it's a harsh conversation yep. to have. Um, but it's really, yeah, I mean, you're potentially killing them. Early, yeah, killing them with love, bad. unfortunately. Yeah. So that's right. You guys have the control to keep your dog <laughs> in a healthy weight range so you can do it. <laughs> if, if in doubt, um, take a photo of your dog, send it to your vet. Yep. Yep. And I'll tell you. And I'll probably be happy to tell you is it they wait or not. Yep. And and get a plan in place yep. to get it sorted out. Absolutely. Yep. Good luck guys. Thanks guys. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Yeah.